Welcome to Five Star Weekly. Another Wonder Kid linked, four years of Joseph Martinez, and a lockout looming. We get into all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Strap Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. It's deja vu as MLS is considering locking out the MLSPA again, uh, at least threatening to again. And that's a thing that uh, definitely we are very familiar with from last year, but uh, they definitely just uh, extended that deadline to this Thursday uh, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the MLSPA did put in a counteroffer that MLS did not accept. And so uh, it is, here we are again, another week talking about a potential lockout. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to this. We won't go so in-depth because we know it's just, uh, it, it can be a little bit of a slog. But uh, according to The Athletic, um, there aren't, a ton of pleasant options for the MLSPA uh, because they, if they hold their ground, they maybe essentially lose a lot of uh, a lot of wages, and some of these players don't make very much relatively in terms of uh, you know athlete wise. Uh, they make more of a civilian wage, like a majority, like I think just under forty percent uh, make under. What is it? A hundred and eighty thousand, um, right? And, and there are more players that yeah. make less than seventy thousand than are than have million dollar salaries. Exactly, and so you know it's definitely something that uh, if they're holding out, well, uh, basically the sticking point is extending the uh, new CBA by two years, and uh, that's what MLS wants. Uh, it gets them past the World Cup. Uh, so that covers, uh, you know, any rising wages and salaries and anything that essentially balloons the salary cap or budgets of uh, mm -hmm. these owners. And these owners, it seems like, yeah, I mean, it might look like shrewd business for them. But, uh, you know, do you think like them essentially making these players uh, kind of go about it this way? You know, is it, you know, in your eyes, something that uh, does it come off as selfish? <laughs> Not to lead that question so much, but <clears throat> well, it comes off as what billionaires do. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think then this is just a personal view, not to get too political, but I think that if you are a billionaire, you you get there. Uh, you there is some selfishness that's uh, you know that's involved. You know, in yeah. terms of getting to even accumulating that much wealth right. um it's interesting because the, you know the owners have a labor committee quote unquote and uh, we don't know how big that committee is they won't release the names of the owners so for all we know it could be five or ten owners of the league uh it could be all of them um i think uh what i think about when i read about this situation i think about the fact that a lot of 
uh, MLS owners have have NFL ties. And so, um, and NFL owners are definitely a group that squeezes its players uh, whenever they can. You know, it's um, for those of you who are familiar with the North American sports landscape, like the NFL typically is, uh, the NFL Players Association is typically regarded as one of the weaker ones, so to speak, you know, as in, you know, they just have less relative power than the other leagues. And I think we're seeing that uh, the MLS player pool also in a similar position for a number of factors. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm going to be blunt. It just comes off as uh, the owners just trying to squeeze something out of the players in a difficult time. Uh, they, like you like you opened with, uh, you know, they they did this last year. Now, I remember clearly Jeff Lorenowitz's comments about how disgusted he was, you know, by that tactic. Um, and now we're seeing that it's not really even really a tactic. Like, this is something that they're willing to do. And there are material gains for um, forcing the players to agree to an extended CBA, which would essentially, from the owner's perspective, it would allow them to cap uh, the players' gains for a couple more years, mm-hmm. all right? And then, um, you know, if they end up locking out and losing gains, that's not necessarily the worst situation uh, for what, when... Yeah, the owners know, don't have to pay them. Yeah. Yeah, was... owners, owners don't have to pay the players, and then they won't have to open those stadiums for no fans, which would be the case for, mm-hmm. let's say, conservatively until the summer. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I know there'll be some partial attendance in other places, but obviously it's not as good as a full stadium. So, right. Um, yeah, because the yeah, vaccines, obviously, yeah, uh, when those uh, are a little bit more prevalent and everyone is vaccinated, uh, there will be more people that will allowed to be in in stadiums. And, you know, that's kind of the, the whole thing that, uh, you know, it's the give and take of it currently, but. The owners, uh, you know, in terms of the loss here, in terms of paying their players, it's relatively low of a loss in terms of the players, uh, you know, like uh, compensation standpoint. Um, But uh, at least the the one caveat is that the league will still pay for the medical bills for these players Mm -hmm. uh, in this time. So uh at the very least there it's a little bit humane i suppose but uh right yeah they're not completely morally bankrupt right (laughs) right but uh yeah definitely i yeah go ahead no yeah i just want to one more i just want to leave us with one more thought um you know like i mls has grown a lot especially in the last 10 years right and i think that there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the future of the league but when I see the league's leadership um, do things like this, it just feels it just feels like they have like a tunnel vision and don't really, ha- you know, aren't thinking big picture. It really doesn't feel like MLS is serious about trying to become one of the biggest leagues in the world, basically. Yeah. You know, like it feels like uh, MLS is just comfortable where they're at. And, you know, I think that uh, they... They just seem to always look for short-term gains over long-term vision. So it's just, uh, for me, that's what, uh, that gives me skepticism about the future of the league in general. Because to me, if the league doesn't keep growing, it's, um, you know, you don't just, you typically don't stay stagnant. You know, if you don't, you don't go one direction, you kind of always, you often end up going the other direction. And so, right. I hope Uh, that's not the case, but... Yeah, not uh, not an encouraging development from my perspective. 
Mm -hmm. And to kind of go along with that, I mean, uh, definitely there will be a lot of casual fans that are lost during this time. If uh, there is a lockout, there will be, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I guess revenue lost in that sense. Uh, but there's also, you know, these hardcore fans and I've, you know, I think we would be considered that as well, uh, especially with the ISC, the, uh, you know, the supporters uh, that are galvanizing together in solidarity with the players, uh, saying, you know, with the social media campaigns of let the players play, it definitely is that too where the owners, especially in this athletic article, they're saying like, yeah, I mean, it's maybe like not that big of a loss because they feel like the hardcore fans are going to be there anyway. And uh, I think that's very foolhardy thinking because, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of other products out there. There's a lot of competition. It's not like the NFL. It's not like the NBA where, you know, that sport is king. There are a lot of other options all around the world. And uh, it's just, you know, very short-term thinking like you were saying. It's, you know, if they want to go about that way, totally fine. But uh, it's, yeah, there are a lot of, I think, drawbacks that maybe they're not really completely thinking of. But... Uh, yeah, let us know what you think about all the CBA stuff. Uh, we don't want to drone on too much about it because, yeah, it could be an ongoing thing that's, uh, you know, not too fun to talk about. But we want to have a season. So, anyway. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, if we have a season, uh, we will uh, be the only team in MLS in 2021 to have a third kit, according to The Athletic. And... Uh, yeah, that's pretty insane. We we do this because we reach apparently the global threshold of at least a hundred k units uh, of shirt sales, and um, that's you know not a surprise. I think uh, Atlanta United fans have always uh, sold out any of the parlay kits or just any kind of special kits that have come out, uh, especially the primary and secondary kits as well so uh it's definitely one of those we have definitely i think earned this maybe distinction uh now us being the only club in mls is kind of crazy i feel like but uh darren eels had something to speak about it uh he said we're thrilled to be the first mls club since 2016 to have the opportunity to feature a third kit uh, in collaboration with Adidas, we've designed a kit that reflects who we are as a club and as a community in a bold and creative way. We're excited to introduce the kit to our supporters later this year and see the design come to life on the pitch. Uh, so the third kit is scheduled for a mid-season release and will only be worn by the team for up to five matches, uh, according to league rules. So uh, it'll also, the proceeds will have uh, go directly to local charities instead of back into the club. So that's also nice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it will be likely that burgundy or maroon kit that we've seen and was rumored earlier in January. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on all this, uh, us being the only MLS club with a third kit? Yeah, I know, right? We, uh, we invent something else, I guess. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I was excited about, uh, I know that, you know, the president of the club has to say certain things, right? When you say bold and creative, that actually it's like, oh, you know, like that gets your, that perks your ears up. 
but then you kind of brought it down at the end there with the <laughs> that it's like well we don't maroon. know exactly what it right, looks like sure. just yet we just know it's gonna be maroon slash burgundy right and like to, to be fair like it's prop this they will this will have been in the works for a while like the club will have known all of this information so it's already been designed probably is is if they're expecting to release it in like the summer or whatever so um likely a year ago so right exactly so i mean i hope i hope it's interesting that's all i can say you know like uh like we've we've kind of talked about uh what we would do with kits and episodes past but uh yeah you know some different textures and different colors you know different uh I don't know highlights Colors, you want to yeah. yeah exactly you know just something yeah because yeah uh a lot of people are underwhelmed unfortunately uh so yeah definitely people are clamoring for something original especially in lieu of the philadelphia union with their secondary kit that came out today at least a leak or something but um yeah i don't know if you saw it mark but um pretty uh-huh. colorful pretty colorful and it's pretty dope like uh okay. yeah it's definitely something that uh there was some inspiration and i think it was designed by their supporters so super cool mm. that's uh something that's uh you know we have a lot of fans here that design stuff uh there could be some people that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could right. help with that but yeah. or at least Shout vote out yeah, FTC and, you know, all those other people that we won't get too specific with everybody. But, yeah. Right, right, right. But, uh, anyway, so uh, moving on from that, Miles Robinson and George Bello made the U.S. men's national team senior roster. And Miles Robinson got his first start against Trinidad and Tobago. And boy, was that a game for the United States <laughs> men's national team. Uh, I think there was some retribution, definitely, uh, sure, for that yeah. loss against them uh, in the qualifying rounds last time against them. But uh, it was mm-hmm. a 7-0 win against TNT, uh, his very first start. And he gets his first goal for the U.S. men's national team. Congrats to Miles Robinson. And also, yeah. Bello made his debut as well, and he becomes the first Academy Atlanta United player to play for the U.S. men's national team. Huge, huge deal. I feel like he's probably, hopefully, the first of many. But, uh, yeah, a good day all in all for Robinson, Bello, and for Atlanta United. So, definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, uh-huh. Like, Robinson's first goal was definitely a highlight, right? Diving header. I know it's point blank, but still, it looks good. Um, and then also, shout out to Johnny Fortune for making his uh, international debut with Trinidad and Tobago. He got the start, started yes. alongside his brother. So, uh, that was really cool. You know, positive day for LA United overall, like you said. Um, yeah, that was a, it was an, <laughs> kind of, I wouldn't say a shocking scoreline because there's a lot of context as to why yeah. that Trinidad team. Um, just wasn't up to it. I mean, the domestic league didn't play last year. You know, uh, some some players arrived to the Trinidad camp like 48 hours before the game started. So, and they were Trinidad filled in last minute because this was supposed to be a friendly versus Serbia, and they couldn't make it because of COVID protocol. So, yeah. um, definition yeah, of farmers. Is. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and it's not quite like maybe like uh, you know the Icelandic farmers that uh, did so well in that World <laughs> Cup. It's levels to this for sure yeah but uh anyway let's move on to kevin kratz a uh familiar name to some uh og atlanta united fans for sure 
but he's uh, pretty much known as the free kick master around these areas. But he has returned to Atlanta United in an academy role as the technical instructor. And he's back to teach them kids about, you know, kicking those free kicks into the back of the net. All about that Kratz country, which, uh, yeah, we absolutely love because... If anybody uh, remembers, uh, I think most of the OG fans remember, uh, you know, at least the uh, free kick against New England Revolution or the double uh, that he had against the Montreal Impact. He definitely knows how to kick them in from a dead ball. So mm -hmm. uh, really great to see him back and hopefully teaching all these uh, kids coming up, how to bang them in the back of the net. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on to the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League pots. Uh, those draw pots were announced. And yeah, you have pot one and you have pot two. LA United are in pot one. Uh, you see the graphic up on screen right now. But... Uh, February 10th, Wednesday at 7 p.m., there will be a made-for-TV event for the draw. Uh, it's always so kind of pop and circumstance when maybe not necessarily it needs to be. But um, anyway, doing yeah. the European thing. Right. <laughs> exactly, as always. Uh, but basically, um, yeah, I mean, in part two, you have Deportivo Saprissa. Uh, you have LD Alahuense. Alahuense. I'm butchering all these, but Alajualense, sorry guys, uh, Club Atletico Pantoja, Arca High FC, Sede Marathon, Sede uh, Olympia, Club Leon, and Real Esteli FC. Uh, basically, those are the ones that we possibly could face. And so, you know, definitely... Uh, there are some ones that maybe we'd like to least face, but, uh, which ones are those for you, you feel like? Oh, definitely Leon and, uh, Saprissa. I mean, Saprissa is the biggest club in Costa Rica, and Leon have been, uh, very good for, like, the last couple seasons. Um, they, I think they were up 2-0 versus LAFC, and they were upset, I believe, um... Either way, but in the last in last year's edition. But uh, yeah, that would, those would be the toughest, I think. Uh, Olympia, kind of familiar with. Pantola mm -hmm. um, might be tricky, but uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. don't want any of Saprissa and, um, and Leon. Definitely, definitely not. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who we draw. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Atlanta United put out a tweet uh, talking about Black History Month saying that we are looking forward to celebrating Black History Month by honoring influential black figures in our city, sport, and country throughout the entire month of February. So, Mark, yeah, who would you like to see honored? Oh, oh there's so many. Um, I think, obviously, uh, you know, this obviously is on the mind because he, uh, he died recently, but Hank Aaron certainly, I think, um, deserves it, you know, his moments and um you know uh john lewis um oh gosh and uh the his name escapes me now i feel so bad about this who also passed away last year yeah um 
Uh, yeah, know, that, that is serious as well. But yeah, um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right, and then MLK, of course, and so on. I mean, there's uh, yeah, there are definitely some people, quite a few people that, um, especially relevant to Atlanta, I think that uh, deserve recognition. Um, I, I just want to say, like, I, <clears throat> it was, I, I felt good about this, you know, like when I, when I saw them, uh, when I saw them, and I put that tweet out. Um, it was a bit heartwarming. I think I, I personally I do feel like in years past, they haven't really done much for Black History Month. You know, like maybe like a couple posts and that's about it. Um, so I am looking forward to see what, uh, how exactly they go about this on social media because I think that, um, you know, the social media is important for its uh, for any club's like connection with the fans. And Atlanta United have been good at social media in the past. Uh, I know last year a lot of people complained about you know how Atlanta United was using his social media, and so I think for me I would uh, like to see them really put in this effort with uh, not just Black History Month but uh, just reaching out to to different cultures, different uh, communities, you know, yeah, communities throughout the city, especially ones that are relevant to the city. Like uh, you know a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, you know Atlanta United possibly doing something with the Korean community in the future, you know, like. That to me is just like it's just another example, and so yeah. um, this is uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's currently twelve fourteen, um, and so this was this tweet was posted a couple of days ago. They haven't done any other Black History Month tweets yet, so um, I am curious to see what they mean by throughout the month of February. You know, I hope it's mm-hmm. not like once a week type of thing, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, you know, I'm willing to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm curious, and I hope I hope that they follow through on this uh, initiative. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I always want to see Outcast being uh, honored. So <laughs> it's uh, definitely. I think there's somebody that needs to be. I mean, they uh, no, pretty much. I think that'd be a good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the whole like landscape of uh, music in Atlanta, I think definitely changed. You know, when uh, they came about, and so you know, uh, Darren Eels always quotes them too with uh, the South's got something to say. So. You know, it's uh, I think something that should be and is always relevant. But anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Joseph Martinez. And he celebrated or we celebrated uh, the four year anniversary of us signing Joseph Martinez to Atlanta United. But uh, that got us thinking, what are some of Joseph Martinez's best moments? And there have been plenty. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, uh, not only the, you know, just the hat trick uh, numbers that he's records that he's broken, the MLS MVPs, the uh, scoring in the MLS Cup, the go ahead goal, um, you know, stuff like uh, winning the Golden Boot, uh, winning the MLS All Star MVP. Uh, you have. You know, stuff like uh, that crazy number in 2019 when uh, he set the new MLS record for scoring a goal in 12 consecutive matches. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, You know, going all the way to 15 consecutive games uh, where, you know, he he was in company of like Lionel Messi around the world in terms of consecutive games scored. So, you know, what's your favorite memory of Joseph Martinez in his time with Atlanta United? Favorites have to be the the first goal versus Minnesota in the snow, definitely up there. Um, you know, breaking the record and staring down um, 
uh, what's his face? The Orlando goalkeeper. <laughs> yep. Uh, Joe Bendik. Uh, that Bendik yes, face yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Iconic now. Yep. Um, you know, opening and scoring versus Red Bulls in the playoffs. MLS Cup, of course. Um, one fa- personal favorite moment. Uh, the I think it was a brace that he scored versus Red Bulls in his first game back from uh, international duty. And uh, should have been the game winner, you know, but we weren't able to hold the lead. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good ones. Oh, the comeback versus San Jose. I think uh, I believe oh, he scored yes. the game winner. Yes, yes, yeah, the header. That's right. That's right. So it's uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, lost our mind lucky. past midnight. Essentially, it's just like what yeah. in the hell were we watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely uh, drunk yeah. MLS. Yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, peak MLS for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, I echo what you said. I think one of the best moments is off the pitch when he's just chilling on a hammock and eating whatever the hell he, he's eating and laughing at Orlando because yeah, we still beat them without Joseph Martinez. Yes, I mean just yep. so so good. I mean such a troll. I. Just can't wait for him to uh, back on the pitch. And uh, obviously, it will be an acclimation period, but it is uh, something that all LA United fans are clamoring to see, of course. So, anyway, let's move on uh, to pretty much some transactions and transfer rumors. But uh, yeah, the first transaction was that Adam John, the Ford, has been waived. Uh, he had three goals for the club in the 2020 season. Uh, pretty much kind of thrown into the fire a little bit uh, because he initially maybe wasn't favored by FDB, but uh, yeah, he definitely was used fairly heavily by Steven Glass. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he was a good servant for the club, uh, was exemplary, I think, in uh, I think the way he dealt with the fans he was uh doing q a's throughout the summer uh he you know there's also shamelessly we did an interview with him um over the summer as well good guy obviously there are some people that uh maybe ragged on him for his politics but uh to be fair uh but i think you know it is what it is um it definitely wasn't on the level of another outgoing player that uh, <laughs> oh, might have God. gone to the insurrection. <laughs> but anyway, we won't get into that at all. So <laughs> let's move on to another Ford for mm. LA United that uh, yeah, was re-signed. And Ford Eric Kubo Torres was re-signed on Wednesday. And uh, he will be working uh, with the academy players and staff, actually, uh, Carlos Bocanegra said that Kubo has been a positive influence on our organization, and we please, we're pleased he has chosen to re-sign with the club. Uh, while he provides competition to our group of forwards, he's a veteran presence who understands the league and has shown a willingness to mentor our younger players. And uh, yeah, the media did note that he will occupy a supplemental roster spot, so he will not count against the salary cap. Do you think this is a good move? What do you think? Uh, that last detail is pretty important for me. So, uh, 
yeah the then um, you know that's usually the first question is how much you know will this transaction cost and, and so um yeah. it is a little bit surprising especially uh given the signing of the Sandro lopez but uh you know if we did a drinking game <laughs> for the phrase veteran presence um yep. <laughs> i don't know we would be pretty toasty halfway through an episode so <laughs> definitely at least the last two for sure yeah uh yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, one goal, one assist from last year. Yeah, he was injured for a little bit of the period of that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he kind of showed what he was. I mean, he basically, uh, you know, he's Kubo Torres, who, you know, maybe isn't always the most clinical in front of goal, but he works hard. He can uh, provide a presence up top. But, uh, yeah, I think in terms of kind of top-in uh, production, you're, we're not really expecting that. So, He's a guy that will provide that veteran presence and, you know, someone that can play up there when, uh, if, you know, Jose Martinez uh, is not available, whether through, uh, you know, hopefully not injury or through him going uh, and getting back to the national team. So, you know, there are, I think, pluses in having kind of a veteran player here, especially the you know, fixture congestion that we will no doubt have, uh, especially if the season is pushed back even further. Uh, but it does kind of beg the kind of question, are we maybe, you know, going to play with two strikers up top? Because currently we have at least uh, pretty much, I think, by my count, five players that could play up top if, uh, you know, we really needed them to. Uh, Jose Martinez, Licha Lopez, Kubo Torres, uh, Eric Lopez and Jackson Conway, um, you know, there could be, you know, a kind of filling the roster out in preparation to how Gabriel Hainsey might want to play. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, or maybe it could just be overcompensating for last year when we pretty much only had one striker for a while. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, we, we don't really know. So, uh, anyway, let's move on to Franco Escobar. And according to Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic, uh, he said and tweeted out that Atlanta United is open to offers for Franco Escobar. Uh, multiple sources have confirmed Escobar has received interest from foreign and MLS clubs, but Atlanta will not entertain offers from within the league. Escobar could also remain with Atlanta in 2021. So, obviously, uh, I think he's a player probably that we might want to keep. How do you feel? Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that rumor. Um, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it obviously makes a lot of sense as to why they wouldn't sell him within the league. They better not. I mean, although... You know, they they kind of did the same thing with um, uh, um, Leandro, but uh, he obviously came back to the league anyway. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think if you watch this show regularly, you know how I feel about Escobar. I just think he's um, just a talented football player, brings a good skill set for a defender. And I would like to see him remain with the team. But, uh, you know, it's just when these rumors are kind of persistent like this, you know, it does. You do worry. So, yeah. you know, I don't. I don't like it personally. I hope he stays. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, uh, there was the rumor for the Venezuelan Ronald Hernandez uh, from uh, Aberdeen that could 
possibly still materialize. Uh, maybe that has something to do with uh, if Franco Escobar is still here. There is also uh, some cover, obviously, with Brooks Lennon having played the position before, but not a natural defender, obviously. Uh, we saw a little bit of those deficiencies last year. Uh, I think within LA United 2, you also have Jack Gurr that uh, has been coming on strong. But I think in terms of like comparing to Escobar, I mean, yeah, he's a guy that... Uh, as our right back, uh, I think he's definitely our best option. He could play as uh, a center back as well, but uh, I, I just think that, um, you know, in spite of even though, yes, he is a yellow card machine, he has a lot of passion for this club and this city, and he's still young, and he could get, get better still. And I think that's something that... Um, yeah, maybe that's where, you know, there is value that we can extract if we do transfer him. But I think he's integral also kind of uh, not only a former teammate of Gabriel Hainsey as well, that, uh, you know, he definitely wants to play for Hainsey. That's that much is clear. So, you know, it's a it's a weird rumor, but uh, it definitely is. You know, I think both of us echo the same kind of sentiment that. Yeah, we wouldn't really want this to happen, but um, yeah. So next transfer rumor is LA United apparently had an offer rejected by Independiente, Ezequiel Barco's former club, uh, for a $14 million bid for winger Alan Velasco. And uh, he's a, I believe, 18-year-old, and uh, that was according to Juan Aranjo. Uh, and yeah, that... Release clause that he has apparently though is more in the territory of 24 million, and uh, yeah, he's has been said at least according to Aranjo uh, to be their biggest prospect since since Kun Aguero, and he has reportedly been also compared to have similar qualities to Arjun Robin, and uh, that's a big big comparison there. Uh, you know, obviously we know Robin with his uh, ability to cut in from the rights and just score at will from uh, the winger position. You know, that would be an insane type of player to kind of bring in. Uh, $24 million is uh, very surprising. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this rumor? Yeah, $24 million for an 18-year-old, right? I mean, I think that Independiente must be banking on his talent because really, really, truly is not a whole lot of teams outside of Europe that can afford that type of fee. So they're, you know, they must be thinking that he is that good or, you know, at least banking that, you know, other scouts and other teams are thinking that he's that good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that's a, it's an exciting rumor. You know, it's, um, and if the club are, are trying to um, earnestly sign this player, I mean, good on them. But it just seems one that's uh, is probably a little bit out of the range of an MLS club. Yeah, uh, as yeah, exciting as this would be, it's uh, yeah. I don't think they're gonna be selling him anytime soon. Probably, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna take, you know, it's gonna take a, a European club that is probably unwilling to spend that money in this time, you know, to exactly. make that happen. And so, uh, you know, while it's exciting, it's very unlikely unless we somehow, uh, yeah, decide that we really want to make this deal, but. Um, so let's move on to another Eric Rometty rumor. Uh, this one, according to Cesar Luis Merlo, San Lorenzo, Tito Vishalba's former club, uh, is also interested in Rometty. 
So uh, it'll be very interesting, um, you know, if, uh, you know, Remedy actually goes on loan because there's now a couple rumors now. Independiente was the other one as well. Uh, I think what's going to be the most fascinating is Remedy is a huge Bonfield fan. And so, yeah, he will be facing his former club. Uh, you know, he posts about them constantly. I think he even just posted about them today. So <laughs> it will be uh, if he does, uh, if he is moved. We, of course, mentioned what we uh, talked about last uh, episode about Remedi. So, you know, you can uh, watch that for our thoughts on Remedi and if that move does happen. But, uh... Moving on to another rumor, and this one, uh, this one not as believable uh, at all. But uh, according to Twitter account Cobb J uh, Zinis, uh, who, yeah, I wouldn't really put too much stock into this, but he tweeted out last week that in the next few hours, Ezekiel Barker will become a reinforcement of Boca Juniors. He'll sign a three-year contract. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't really really uh believe this because why would we pretty much take a loss on Ezekiel Barco and move him back to the Argentine league um yes it's Boca but I mean most of these teams do not have the money to be spending mm. you know large transfer fees to bring in guys that uh unfortunately yeah Barco has not been I, I mean by really I think all accounts um really killing it in MLS he's still really great prospect but um right. you know what what do you think about this rumor <laughs> it's funny i guess i mean i you know totally agree with you it just doesn't make sense for from an Atlanta United perspective because then you'd have to go about replacing him i mean like barco's still a good player you know what i mean there's definitely a player that um the club are uh relying on expecting huge things from assuming we have a season so to you know sell that player essentially at a loss and then have to go and try to replace him in in this you know climate i just yeah doesn't make sense at all so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so uh let's move on to the franco ibarra rumor that uh i mean he pretty much we've been talking about him for a couple of episodes i believe now uh but he was quoted on como te va or ba uh a radio station there or kind of a you know radio station account on Twitter. Uh, he said that I am very happy for this opportunity at Atlanta United. I earned this very hard and it's obviously going to miss. I'm obviously going to miss Argentinians and my family. This is translated by the way. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's going to be a little bit kind of, yeah, some things are lost in the translation, uh, but he said, but they're very nice opportunities that help you grow. So uh, obviously great to see that uh, he's confirming this move has not been confirmed by the club yet, but I imagine maybe at some point later this week or maybe next week, he will maybe finally be announced because, uh, yeah, I mean, Cesar Luis Merlo has been uh, saying that he is pretty much confirmed. So, you know, it's a, it's a wait and see, I think, on a bar right now. We just still don't know if he's coming or if he's not, <laughs> but uh, chances are he probably is. But uh, speaking yeah. of a player that is and uh, kind of rumored, still hasn't been official quite yet, uh, Rocco Rios Novo, the kind of uh, youth goalkeeper of Lanús that was previously rumored with the Marcelino Moreno uh, move, 
he reportedly will be finally, uh, well, he's finally in town anyway, in Atlanta. And uh, yeah, he will be joining the Atlanta United Twos on loan for a season. And if we like him, then we could pick up, uh, you know, his services for a $3 million fee for 80% of his rights. So, you know, it's a free loan right now, uh, reportedly, and, you know, he could be, <clears throat> excuse me, battling the likes of Vicente Reyes and Justin Garces, who could come in as homegrown signings in 2022. Uh, basically, yeah, kind of readying the, uh, you know, the academy and also uh, the twos with some experience, uh, you know, for some of these young guys in the case when Brad Guzan does eventually retire. But, uh, yeah, are you kind of liking this uh, this deal in terms of, uh, you know, this type of profile, a guy that uh, has played for uh, the youth for the Argentine national team? I mean, he's gotten a lot of experience, at least relatively, uh, with eight matches for them. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, what, what do you think of uh, us finally seeing him in town? Yeah, I mean, I hope uh, I hope it's true that he is signing with LA United or, uh, you know, going on loan with LA United too. Um, yeah, I mean, like the, the point you just made about him playing for Argentina youth national teams, I think that is encouraging, you know, at least a sign that he is uh, a bit of a talent. Uh, he's mm -hmm. only 18 years old, so, you know, he's very uh, early in his career. Um, and Especially yeah, they do need to be looking to Right, exactly. And they do need to be looking to the future. And so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, who emerges as the uh, the heir apparent. You know, I think this is a good way to go about filling that position, too, rather than, uh, you know, seeking a, an expensive in their prime type of signing mm -hmm. or older, you know, like in the case of Kuzan, for example. Right. Um, yeah. You know, like bringing someone through that's uh, that's, you know, played with the club maybe played with the twos and then you know kind of bring him through the ranks i think that's a good way to go about it so um yeah i think it's a i think it's a smart signing put it yeah. that way and plus he doesn't take up an international spot since he was born in los angeles and he has an american citizenship so you know it's a it's a i think a lot of win-win here um and if they don't work out any of these guys, well, we can just sign a you know a guy that uh, is a little bit more in their prime and yeah, still have these guys that are right. still uh, you know coming up. So it's a uh, all in all, I think very shrewd signing um, that was rumored such a long time ago in September of 2020. So um, definitely you know we'll uh, we'll see when and if they want to announce that as well. But. Uh, so last bit of news is that P.T. Martinez, uh, our old friend there, won the Saudi Super Cup with Al Nasser. They uh, won it for the second consecutive time in a row. So everywhere P.T. goes, he wins trophies. So it's, uh, you know, he is a serial winner. That is, uh, that cannot be disputed for sure. But uh, yeah, good to see the former Five Stripe get some trophies. Always, uh, always a good thing. I feel like uh, you know brings the karma up. I think. But uh, anyway, so that pretty much does it for the show, except for the question of the day. And our question of the day is: What's been your favorite moment of Joseph Martinez in a Five Stripe uniform? 
let us know in the comments below. We're looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, oh, oh.